You are listening to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast. And we're having conversations with dope dads covering the four pillars of fatherhood. We call it the Fit Fatherhood Formula. Faith, family, finance, and fitness. That's right. These dads are setting the pace in business and fatherhood. This show isn't only about the outside success. We're getting down to who you are. Gentlemen, it's time to get fit. And and, 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 and now, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast, a podcast for fathers by fathers. We talk about the four pillars of fatherhood, which are faith, family, finance, and fitness. Um, and this is one of those five-minute fatherhood episodes. Um, it's probably going to be longer than five minutes, just a short-form episode. Um, no guests, just me, just your boy. Um, and just want to kind of comment on what's been going on uh, just in my social media, right? So on Instagram, if you follow me on Instagram at Forfeit Fatherhood, um, the number four, just like the podcast, you may have seen uh, some of the posts that I've, I've been putting up lately. I've been trying to really, really get in on, on posting fatherhood content. Um, and it seems like at this point, I got a, a decent number of followers. Large majority of them are men, which you would expect on the fatherhood podcast or a fatherhood uh, centered uh, social media account. But then there's a good majority of mothers, and and, and when when things go viral, um, not only do men see it, but but also women. Um, and there's this like there's this really interesting kind of back and forth that's happening with uh, with men and women in regards to raising children. Um, ultimately, anything I post is going to be to the strength or to the support or to the credit of the importance of fathers in a child's life. Um, Obviously, that's extremely important. Like it can't be understated how important a a father is to his children, to his sons, to his daughters. Um, But for whatever reason, it's kind of met with this resistance of, uh, well, a woman can do it, too. Okay, and I don't have anything against it. I got two daughters. I got four sisters. I have, you know, a mother, a stepmother. Uh, You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm all for women. Uh, I'm all for equality. I'm all for uh, you know, promoting the, the, the mothers, like, and you can, you can go look, check the comments. Like every time a mother, a uh, single mother, for whatever reason, whether a father passed away or father just isn't present or whatever the reason, whatever the case may be, I'm always applauding them for the work that they've done, the work that they're doing. But the reality is <clears throat> that even the best mom, even the best mom is going to struggle in order to create the best man, right? Um, there is and has to be some representation, right? Representation matters. We talk about that a lot in the in the black community, um, you know, because we, we talk about our children. If they don't see uh, their future, then they don't think it's possible, right? Like you go into the inner city and in the inner city, if you don't see doctors, you don't see lawyers, you don't see businessmen, you don't see politicians, you don't see police officers, firefighters, all these roles uh, of people that look like you, um, then you don't think it's possible for you, right? The roles that you see of people who look like you are athletes, right? And so in inner city, everybody wants to be an athlete. Entertainers, everybody wants to be an entertainer, right? Representation matters. That also cannot be understated, right? So if you're raising a young man and there there is no male influence, no positive male influence, 
then it is difficult for that young male to see himself as a positive influence, to see himself as that person, right? And it, it kind of ends up in a situation where they start to take on more, for lack, I guess, of a better word, more feminine emotional reactions, right? And that's not like sexist or anything. We all know like women are more emotional than men typically. Like we're both emotional. Women tend to show up more and more open to it and more, more accepting of it. Uh, men, on the other hand, are usually kind of guarded with our emotions. We keep them to ourselves. We, we thug it out if we have to. Um, <clears throat> but in a, in a household where you grow up and it's all women, right? Your, your mom, her, your aunts, your, your, your grandmother, because obviously the father in that situation disappeared and you're raised by women, you take on either female characteristics because of the abundance of female energy or you become hyper-masculine because you see yourself in this environment where you're the only one and you feel like you have to step up for everyone, right? And so we see two sides of the spectrum. We don't see a lot of that well-blended and I'm going to take that back. We do see it. We don't see enough of that well-blended masculine and feminine energy, right? Because a comprehensive man because a comprehensive man is going to have a solid blend of both masculine and feminine energy. He is not going to be hyper-masculine and have no no idea of emotional intelligence. He's not only going to be physically strong, but he's going to be emotionally strong. Right. He's not only going to be physically strong, but he's also going to have a, a, a mindset of about him that is, is beneficial to others around him. Right. So when people uh, get in the comments, uh, specifically women, and they're like, well, I raised my sons all by myself and they're great men. And, and here's one thing that they almost always say. I raised my sons by myself. They're great men. They know how to respect people. They do this. They do that. They shake hands. I taught them how to shave, taught them how to tie a tie. Um, they treat women well. Their fiancés, their wives, their girlfriends, they treat them like queens. So they equate a good man to how they treat a woman. That is not necessarily the case. A definitely a good man treats a woman well. A good man treats everyone around him well. Um, so it's not exclusive to just how he treats women, right? Typically, when a woman is is raising a, a young man. They teach them how to be respectful to women because they were in a relationship with a man who probably didn't treat them well, and that's why they're not together anymore, or one of the reasons why they're not together anymore. So when they see their son, they're like, you're not going to be anything like your dad, so let's make sure you're kind, you're respectful, you open doors, you pull out chairs, you do all these things that are respectful for women, right? And that's where you get a generation of men who are openly and willingly uh, allowing women to take leadership roles over them. And I don't, again, there is no, I have like daughters, sisters. I want them to be in positions of leadership. I want them to, to go out and strive for themselves and be all that they can be and own businesses and run companies and be politicians. If that's what they choose to be, to be the, the chief of police, if they want to be the head of surgery, I, I want them to be as, as, you know, I want them to scale the ladder as high as they want to take it. But I'm going to take my jacket off. It's getting a little heated in here. Uh, I want them to scale the ladder as high as they want to take it. And, and I don't have anything against anybody that wants to do that. But I think we get we get a lot of men now, uh, as things kind of continue, that are willing to kind of like take the back role because that's how they've been raised. And then you get woman, women who are like, there are no more good men. 
because it's kind of it's a cycle, right? Those those good men that you're looking for don't exist because the generation before you created a weaker man because they created a man that is going to cede uh, uh, his his authority to a woman, right? And so women are looking for men who are going to stand up for them, who are going to provide for them, who are going to take care for them, take care of them. Um, while at the same time they're saying, "I don't need a man for this, and I don't need a man for that," right? It's it's a very complicated, uh, multi-layered, multifaceted. It's like an onion, right? There are so many different layers to this thing because the same thing happens, right? If 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 the generation before us, we're saying that that the men weren't raised by men, right? Because men weren't around, or men weren't taught how to be men, or men were there but they only worked or whatever, and they weren't there, uh, they weren't present in the house, whatever reason it is, right? There are also daughters who come from the same households, right? The same mothers that are raising sons to treat women really well and take care of them and, and all that, right? They're teaching their daughters, you don't need a man. Stand up. Be strong. Do all the things that they can do, right? Because when it comes time for you to, to go out into the world, I don't want you to have to depend on anybody, right? So you got this really strong, independent woman going out into a world with these weak, and that's maybe not the best term to use, but weaker men of course, she's going to look at the world of men and go, there's no more good men, right? But she has to choose somebody. So she picks one of those weak men. Then they have a kid. And that weak dude is like, I'm not ready to be a man, not mature enough to handle it. So what does he do? He bones out, right? He leaves the situation because that's what he's experienced. His father left, right? His mother did a pretty good job of raising him, right? He would say that she did a great job. She would say that she did a great job. So if my mom can do it, you can do it, right? And then they go off and they don't have any real presence in their kid's life. Um, they show up and they buy shoes or they, they come for holidays or whatever. Um, and then that, that same child, now this cycle starts all over again. So when I'm posting these things, it's not a... It's not an attack on women. It is not an indictment of women, right? Standing up and taking on the responsibility of two parents is a job that I commend anyone on, single father or single mother. But what I'm saying is, is if you have that situation, ideally a child is best raised in a two-parent household. But if you are left alone, you need to reach out and find a community. At this point in time, in 2022, going into 2023 in less than a month, we have tons of, of opportunity to get that young man or that young woman connected with a positive male influence. Churches, schools, uh, mentorship programs, community outreach, uh, podcasts like this one, videos, books, YouTube, like there's all these different things that you can do that you can you can find to help support yourself and your parenting i get it it's like a badge of honor right like when you when you uh when you run a tough mutter you run a marathon you do a triathlon they give you a medal at the end to celebrate your ability to overcome these huge obstacles right and if you've raised a child and i'm early in it i only i've only been a father for 10 years and i already feel like man this should be a medal for the first decade 
right? Now, I can only imagine if I raised a child all the way to adulthood, what kind of metal I would want. I would want to pat myself on the back. I would want to stand up on the top of, the, uh, the, uh, of a mountaintop and tell people how much of a good job I did to look back at my children and be like, oh, man, I did a, such a great job. And I didn't have another parent to help me. I did it all on my own. I taught them everything they needed to know. But at the same time, I wouldn't want to be ignorant of the fact that I needed help. I know I needed help. I, the reason I'm so proud of it was because it was a struggle. Right. And so instead of me patting myself on the back or pounding my chest and telling everybody how I did it by myself, I could say I did it by myself, but it would have been easier had, you know, when I got to that swim part, I had a partner to tag in and swim for me, right? I did a triathlon. It's almost 10 years ago now. Oh, it might be longer. It might be 12 years ago now. Me and my wife did a triathlon and uh, the running part, no, it's a sprint triathlon. Don't let me, let me gas you up like I did the full thing. It's a sprint triathlon. So it's a 5K run, 10-mile bike ride, and then like a, a, I forgot how long the swim is. But here's the deal. I'm an athlete, played college football. Like I'm still, you know, relatively athletic at the time. Um, run, cake. Bike, cake. By the time we get to the swim, I'm done, right? Like my body is shot. I just ran three miles. I just biked 10 miles. Like you can imagine my legs are fired. My, my, I'm breathing heavy at this point. Now I got to get in and swim, right? And it's not a super long swim, but it is a long enough swim where I, it would have been nice to have a partner to tag in on that swim, right? When a baby is born, mom, you might be crushing it, right? Breastfeeding, putting in bed, changing diapers from, from you know, zero to five, Five to ten, you're still crushing it. Uh, you know, five to twelve. Oh, sorry, five to twelve, you're still crushing it. But right around thirteen, there's things that are starting to happen where it would be really nice if you had somebody to te- like, hey, tag in. Yo, you get this. Not that I'm gonna not do anything, right? Not that I'm not gonna be a part of that kid's life at all, right? Because it's still important for them to have both feminine and masculine energy. But hey, dad. Come on in here and, and you take the lead right now, right? You go ahead and take control because this part, I don't know. I don't know what puberty is for my for my kids, right? Like I have two daughters and me and my wife share the responsibility of being a parent. When they start and they've already kind of started doing like my oldest has already started kind of go through some of these things. I was never a 10 year old girl, never a fifth grade girl, never a, a sixth grade girl, right? I was never going through a uh, pre-puberty or pre whatever sh- my my wife called it like a pre uh preteen whatever this is she's got going on right um so i i defer some of these things to her now i don't step out of it because like i've told you guys before my dad told me one of his wise words of wisdom is when your kids come and ask you a question you don't immediately pass them off to somebody else you do your best to answer that question then you find resources so i still keep myself and uh, I still keep myself involved in it, but I don't uh, I don't take it all on the head. Right. Because I'm going to give her some misinformation. Right. When I was 10, I, you know, what I mean, I don't first of all, I don't even remember what things were like when I was 10. Right. I definitely don't know what they were like for a 10 year old girl. Right. So some of those things that are coming up, stuff with her friends, girl drama. Like I never had that. Right. Me and my friends, we had a problem. Yo, I'll see you at recess. Right. Me and my friends had a problem. I see you after school. We squash. I mean, we, we, uh, we squabble or we squash it. That's how, that's how it rolled. 
But my daughter isn't a squabble or squash kind of kid, right? She's an emotional kid. Not because she's female, but just that's because who she is. She didn't grow up in a neighborhood like I grew up in. Those rules don't apply to her. So when I when somebody says something to her at school that she doesn't like, she brings it home and tells us about it. If I had something going on at school that I didn't like, I had to handle it, right? It just is what it is. So it's a different world and a different situation, right? Now, maybe if I had a son, maybe I could be like, yo, well, this is how I did it. Now, I'm not saying that that's right. Here's maybe a better way to handle it. Oh, uh, you're starting to get a little hair on your nuts. Oh, you know what I mean? Like I could give him, oh, you know, a teacher called on you. You couldn't stand up because you, you had a little bump. Like, I, you know what I mean? Those are things that that uh, that I can give him advice on, right? And that's just very small um very small examples, right? I know that becoming a man is way more than puberty, right? It's way more than handling issues with your friends, right? It's integrity, it's courage, it's honor, it's respect, it's dignity. There's like so many different things. That's why I like Jason Wilson's uh, definition of what a man is. And that comprehensive man is uh, everything that he needs to be whenever he needs to be it or anything that he needs to be whenever he needs to be it. Because that that definite, there's so many words that fall into that definition, right? Some of those things are going to be spoken to your child. You're going to have conversations. You're going to sit down. You're going to talk to them. You're going to tell them these things. Some of those things are actually going to be just by your actions, right? They're going to see you doing things. They're going to see you overcoming obstacles. They're going to see you going to work every day. They're going to see how you treat your wife, right? They're going to see how you treat people around you in the community, how you talk, how you dress, how you walk, right? And they're modeling themselves after that. If all you see is female figures, then you model yourself after a female figure. It just is what it is. Or you actively seek out male uh, male representation. And hopefully your, your parent does that with you, right? I told somebody the other day, even when you have a great father, right? Like a f- super present and available there for you whenever you need him, <clears throat> you still have other male influences, right? They could be good or bad. Right. You have a super dope, amazing father. And then your coach, you have like a different relationship with. But you're learning how to be a man, how to guide people, how to lead people from him as well. Right. Uh, And I'm not limiting leadership qualities to males. Right. I know I don't really have to say that to you guys because mostly guys that listen to the podcast. But I just want to be clear. I'm not putting anyone in a box. Um, I'm not saying that women aren't capable what I'm saying is, is that men are in probably more, probably more capable if they are a mature and intentful man. They are more capable of raising boys to men. Right. And obviously, from the complaints that women are saying in the comments, there is a need for it. I mean, I don't know why they're arguing so hard and at the same time making the point like it just doesn't make sense. But when people get emotional or they get prideful about things, they don't use rational. They don't rationalize. Right. There's no reason. They're just just trying to make a comment, which I get. Right. Because you see something and it sparks something inside of you. But here's 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 something else that came up. Right. Um, So we talk a lot about absentee fatherism and all that. Right. Because some of the guests on the show are fathers that weren't present. Um, we obviously know that absentee dads is a pandemic or <laughs> a, 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 something that, that we obviously are trying to work to fix. Right. It's the purpose of the podcast. The purpose of you guys listening is to try to be present in your in your kids lives, because we know single parent households, those kids don't fare well. 
right? They just, t- they just don't fare well. Let's just be completely clear. Um, it, it, you may have done great things. Like you may have fared well. You may have uh, overcome and, you know, but, but on a larger scale, if we look at the statistics, single parent households do not produce well-rounded children. Those children typically have more issues than those who have two parent households. Um, and even more, if you look at uh, single mothers versus single fathers, because single fathers are aware of the fact that they cannot for their daughters do what a woman can do. So they actively seek out uh, sisters, mothers, grandmothers, like they try to find a female influence to help their daughter. Um, and I think women do it, too. But there's a lot of pride of the in the. Uh, I can do it myself kind of situation because of of women's rights and and equality. And I get it. I understand. But what I'm saying is, is uh, something that I've noticed now that I'm I'm doing some work with uh, First Five Alameda, uh, working with uh, the dad discussions program and talking about um, co-parenting this last this last uh, couple of months. Something happens when men and women get divorced, right? Like when men and women are together, um, you know, like I said, two parent household is the best situation for the child. Men and women get divorced and typically in court, uh, women get they get the heads up, right? They're going to get the kid. They're going to get custody, uh, you know, divorce court and custody court leans towards the women. I, I can't do anything about that. That is what it is. But then what something happens after that, which which I didn't even know about, but it's called the the ghost dad phenomenon. And so. Within the first year, I believe is the first year, uh, something like 40 percent of dads start to disappear from their child's life. By the second year, it's up to 60 percent. Right. That's crazy. Right. That's a crazy stat to go from being in. The marriage with the woman, with the children, living that life, being in the house, present father, two parent household to divorcing the woman and then slowly year over year divorcing your children. It's crazy. Um, There's obviously a lot of reasons for that. And some of them could be like, you know, you and that woman don't get along very well. So you just rather stay away. Right. You rather stay away from her or she's trying to keep you away from them. And so it's in your best interest to stay away. Right. Um, Two guys marry. uh, A lot of times people get married because of the kid. Right. Like they they, got you pregnant and I got to marry you. I never really even liked you, but now we're married. So we get divorced. And I just want to, you know, I want to forget all about you. I don't even like you. I don't you know, I had no intention necessarily on being a dad anyway. um, So it's easy for me to back out. Right. Some of that is is fear. Right. I'm not going to show up as the best father I can. I'm already not there behind the eight ball. I'm struggling on my own. Right. Because I was in a two person household. We had maybe two incomes. We're doing well now I'm by myself living in this one bedroom apartment and got no space for you. Um, So now I can't be present. I, I don't live with you anymore. So it's easy for me on a on a Monday if I only get you every other weekend. Right. I get you every other weekend That's two days, every 14 days. That means I got 12 days where I'm doing my own thing. Right. I get really comfortable in doing my own thing. You know, 12 days turns into 24 real quick. Right. 20. That's a that's a whole month now. We haven't seen our kid and then it becomes a program or 
or I, I get done with your mom. I'm sick of her. Now I got I got I'm starting a new life, new family. I got my own. I got new kids now. Right. Like I got to be present in their life. You don't live in my household anymore. So I don't necessarily you know, it, it. A lot of things happen. Right. But I bring that up because uh, one, it was something I didn't know about. and It was brought to my attention. But then two. If kids don't care about your excuses. Right. And I know their reasons. Right. They're valid reasons. But to them, to to a kid who was needing and reaching out for their father, it's just an excuse. They don't understand the dynamic between you and mom. They don't even care that you and mom are arguing like you got to figure that out. That's between you and her. Right. Your relationship between you and your child, is between you and your child has nothing to do. Absolutely nothing to do with the kid. Right. And that's on you. That's up to you to make sure that you fix that. Right. You are a father forever. Once that kid comes into the world and takes that first breath, you are father no matter what the obstacles be. Right. And that's why I always say father forward. These are the father forward moments through the tough times, through the divorce, through the bickering back and forth. with now who's now your baby mom. Right. Like through the struggles of figuring out how you're going to get that kid and take care of that kid. You know, now that your situation is different. Right. Those are the father forward moments. Right. And if we father forward, the future is brighter, right? If we can get through the tough times, if we can overcome the obstacles, if we can step up when we would rather step out, that's when we become better. That's when our children become better. That's where we change the 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 the, uh, the dynamic in our family. It's where we break the generational curses of fathers not being present, right? <clears throat> and and it, it comes it comes down to what are we going to do, right? What are you going to do? Because there is going to be obstacles for those of you who have de- who have you know gone through a divorce. I haven't. I have never experienced it. I don't know what it's like. I've been on the child side of it, right, where my mom and dad divorced, and then later my mom and stepdad divorced. Like I've been through it twice. I know what it's like. I haven't talked to my stepdad since they got divorced. Right? He was in my life for fifteen years. And granted, during the 15 years, he wasn't super present. Right. But for him, he called me son. I called him dad. And then, you know, and obviously part of it is on me. Right. And I've been saying for the last few months that I'm going to go. I'm going to go find him somehow Um, and find him and go talk to him. But. But he ain't reaching out either. Right. He has disappeared. (laughs) He's become a ghost dad. Right. And it's easy because his dad wasn't there. And that's what he knows. And in in his other children's lives, he wasn't super present either. Right. And so it perpetuates over and over again, generation after generation. And we have to be the generation. You and I have to be the fathers that break that. Right. We are going to usher this next generation in with a process of manhood. We are going to demonstrate to them what it is to be a man. We're going to talk to them about what it is to be a man. Uh, We're going to help them understand what it is to be a man. And by doing so, right, both male and female children, right, because our male children are looking at us as an example for who they can be. Our female children are looking at us as an example for who they should be with, right? And if you aren't living up to that standard, then you're going to fail them both. Right. Your children. Your children see you as a superhero. 
So think of it as your, your bat dad, right? So every time, every time they turn on that spotlight and they flash the bat signal, your ass better show up. No matter where you are, no matter what's going on, the bat signal is on. You better be there because if the bat signal goes up and Batman doesn't show up, Gotham City falls. Just a little bit, right? It may not be the whole city, but but somebody, right? Somewhere inside that kid, somewhere inside Gotham City, uh, they start to they stop believing that Batman is the hero. And then slowly but surely, Batman becomes the villain, right? You've seen the movies. It only takes one time for Batman not to do what everybody thought he was going to do, and he becomes a villain, right? It, it just is what it is. And even though Batman is a hero, right? And I know you guys feel like the hero in your kid's life. You are the hero in your kid's life. But just like Batman, there's haters. There are people who don't want you to do what you're doing. Maybe a baby mom, maybe a, a, an in-law, maybe a, a somebody in the community, right? They don't want to see you doing what you're doing for whatever reason. There's going to be haters and maybe the court system. There are going to be haters. There are going to be things that come up that piss you off and force you into a situation where it may be easier to just stop being Batman. Go back to being Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is a, a, a billionaire player, right? Philanthropist. He's just a, a boss, right? He he he's living a, a, a great life, suits and ties and, and fancy foods, and, and that could be you, right? It's appetizing, it looks cool, right? Like you you had a kid, you were in this stressful relationship with this woman that you just finally got free of, right? Now you're living your own life, you're back in the bachelor pad, you with different women, you get to go out and eat what you want, you don't have to eat chicken tenders, you don't have to Share your fries like you, you're living a, a, a better, quote unquote, life. But, hey, you're still Batman. <laughs> the bat signal is up, dog. What you going to do? The bat signal is up, dog. What's going to happen? Right. They send up the bat signal. Batman got to show up. Right. You are you are your child's hero. Right. And you're the hero. They don't know. They, they don't know that they need until they need them. And then you got to show up. Right. All right. So, look, I'm a couple things going on. Right. We got the, the holidays coming up. These next four or five episodes, we're going to go back to uh, to guest episodes. Um, I got some some really cool, cool guests that I'm talking to. Um, like I said, we, we did uh, quite a few recordings last week and they were all super. They were all super cool and uh, I'm excited about that. So. Let's see. Uh, let's see how we finish the year, man. Like that's that's the challenge, right? It, it is. It's you know we only got it's December second right now, Friday, December second, and uh, that leaves us with with twenty nine days, right? Twenty nine days. Let's make a commitment. Let's make an advent calendar, right? What are we gonna do each day to make sure that our children are successful? What are we gonna do each day to make sure that our children are happy? What are we gonna do each day to make sure that our children? are fulfilled what are we going to do what are we going to do what are we going to do right totally up to us but we got to make something happen all right all right fellas man hey it's been good uh, sitting down with you guys like i said it's gonna be a quick one uh i'm gonna hop off you guys go enjoy your day uh thank you for listening um if you're not again follow me on on instagram uh at forfeit fatherhood the number four uh you can follow the, the podcast there uh, as well as the website, www.forfitfatherhood.com. Again, the number four. Um, hey, man, do me a favor. 
If you've been listening to the podcast, first-time listener, all-the-time listener, sometime listener, make sure you like, share, subscribe on wherever you are watching, listening, or, or you know, uh, consuming the podcast. Tell your friends, tell your homies, right? Because one of the things that's super important in this whole thing of us changing the narrative of fatherhood and changing the future for our children is we got to have a community, right? One man is powerful. A group of men is great, right? Basketball teams, right? You have one superstar on your team, you probably win 50 games. You get two, you're going to win maybe 60. You get the big three, you're talking about championship, right? So the more guys we get in, man, the, the better The better we build a community of, of strong leaders, uh, the better our world's going to be. So don't just consume this by yourself. Share it with a friend. Tag somebody. Uh, you know, Tag them in. Hold them accountable because you need it. Right. Hold them accountable. Let them hold you accountable. And let's go be great, man. I'll holler at you guys next week. You just tuned into another episode of the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me at you can call me coach on Instagram. Also follow the podcast at Forfeit Fatherhood the number four and the letter U on you can call me coach. Uh, Go ahead and flip over to the next episode, man. I know you love this one, so you'll probably love the next one. Excited for you guys to hear it.